0: Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. The number one thing I hear about social media is either you love it or you hate it, or you do it because it's necessary for your business, because it is a free platform to get your your name and your story out there. Um, but I think social media has kind of turned into this element where it's very keep up with the Joneses, where not necessarily material wise, but content wise, of oh, I need to be doing this and this and this and this, and then. If you're anything like me, you get burnt out by all of the things that you need to do for social media. And I'm somebody who loves social media. I love the challenge of connecting through the screen. But I will say that those elements can become daunting, especially when you're look at, looking at other people and what they're doing. And so, as I was helping people with social media, the thing that I saw most was they had all of this, all of these things happening in their brain at one time of contented ideas. But not really having any place to store all of those ideas and things that they wanted to communicate to be the best brand that they could for themselves and not do what everybody else was doing. And so I finally created a planner, a 52-week planner. It's not month by month, so you can actually start any time of the year. It's just 52 weeks of a place to brain dump all of those things that are circling in your mind that you need to communicate on your story, on your platform that is your brand. And so this 52-week planner includes a little bit of background of how to educate and share experiences and also entertain your audience, right? Because that's how they keep coming back. It also just gives you a place to brain dump all of those ideas that you have or you know, if I want to put out these products for this week, this week, this week, what are things that I can natu- naturally communicate about those? Then it gives it, has spots of, okay, if this is the content I want to put out, what videos and pictures do I need up front? What graphics? Um, so that you can do it all at once. And then when you're actually going to post throughout the week, you already have the content that you need. So I know social media can be frustrating. I know that it has turned into probably something that has brought burnout. And you're not alone in that. I want to come out and say that for sure. I think everybody feels a bit of that. But when you have a place that you can take the thoughts in your mind and put them down, it almost helps you maintain that space of being uniquely you and being exactly who you need to be on social media and not get sidetracked by everyone else and what they're doing. So I have this planner. I finally got it made and printed and binded. And I really like it. It's actually helping me personally. I run several different business social medias, so it's helping me organize it that way as well. Um, And just for you guys, we are offering a $5 off coupon code for you guys to go use if you are looking for something like that. Um, I love technology. (laughs) I have a lot of apps on my phone, but my social media content is actually one thing that I've always written down on paper. Not sure why. I just really like it. Um, and so we're giving you guys $5 off. You can head to back po- backpocketsocial.co And you will find the planner there under the tab, learn with me. And to get $5 off, you just put small business sisters in the code at checkout. So put small business sisters in the code at checkout and you'll get $5 off. And I will ship this directly to you. And I hope you love it and find value in it. And um, utilize that free space that we do have to share our story. Even though sometimes we don't always love it. So Um, head to backpocketsocial.co and grab your planner today. On today's podcast, we have Megan Smythe from Megan Smythe Creative. She's a sales copywriter and consultant for Mission Driven Founders. Through her in-depth research process and pull-no-punches consulting, she helps visionary entrepreneurs tell their story, drive revenue, and make a positive impact without unethical business practices or sleazy sales tactics. She went down the rabbit hole with us and took our attacking questions (laughs) about email marketing today and um, really helped us. She left by helping us discover good subject lines, how to capture emails, the length of an email. Um, She helped Jen. you go through some anxiety about losing uh, subscribers. So it was such a great conversation. We think it's going to be super helpful. You guys talk about the email list all of the time. So we're super excited to share this episode with you. You can find her website, Megan Smythe. It's M-E-G-A-N-S-M-Y-T-H dot com. And her social handle is at copy by Meg. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're so excited to be here with you today. And we have another awesome guest, Megan from Megan Smythe Creative. And hi, Megan. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me. We're so excited because you all always. Give us such great feedback and questions and things you want us to find out about. And something Christine and I really like is when we're like, we don't know, but that's a great thing we're going to research and find out. So, something we've touched on a little bit in the podcast, but also get a lot of questions about is email marketing. And Megan is going to like teach us all the things about email marketing and why we need an email list and all those things. And I wanted to say that I saw. Um, like a really interesting graphic that really resonated with me. And like on one column, it listed all the things that um, are helpful for small business owners that actually get like an ROI, your return on investment, what you pour into. And then it was flipped upside down and it literally was like the things small business owners invest time in. It was like flipped. So for instance, social media, we like pour all this time into it, but it actually like the other end email marketing is what's getting actual sales. And we kind of like push that aside. So I find that so interesting because I find that to be true. And when I send an email, I always get purchases, but it's something that I just like keep pushing on my to-do list. And instead I'll like focus on posting for the day or whatnot when that doesn't necessarily always drive sales I get the importance for like telling your story and getting people to like you but yeah I don't know why we just dropped the email marketing piece so I would love for you to teach us all about that but first tell our listeners kind of like who you are what you do how you got started
1: Yeah. So like you said, thank you for the lovely introduction. My name is Megan. I'm a copywriter and consultant for small business owners and entrepreneurs. And copywriting is essentially means that I write the words that make your business money. So email marketing is a huge part of that. Um, One of my favorite things to write, as well as sales pages, product descriptions, website copy, and everything. Any place that uh, you've got words working for you in your business, making sales, that's where we're at. That's awesome. So how long have you been doing that? When did you get started? Yeah. So I had a bit of a winding road to get started in my business. A lot of copywriters come from either a marketing background or uh, like journalism, English major, something writing related, right? Um, and I did always love writing. That was always a passion of mine. But I actually studied health science at school. Um, I was going to be a doctor. <laughs> and so I had this grand plan. Amazing. I was going to, yeah, <laughs> I was going to med school. That's what I studied. I worked in medical research for a number of years. Um, and when I started to realize that, like, wasn't really for me and I wanted to pursue this passion of writing and I started looking at different types of like freelance writing and different options and copywriting really stuck out to me because it really combined those two passions of like science and research and the creative side of things because a lot of copywriting comes from one research. So like really getting to know your audience, getting behind the data. So like who's opening your emails, how are things performing for you? And also the science side of things of understanding like how human beings make decisions and why we make decisions because ultimately the goal of all copywriting is to get someone to take an action, whether that's signing up for your email list or to to buy your product. Um, So understanding that side of things um, actually really lended itself well to becoming a copywriter. So yeah, I've been doing this for a number of years now and I absolutely love it. I love working with female business owners specifically, helping them grow their businesses and make more money. That's, uh, That's what it's all about for me.
0: That's really cool that you mixed all of those things. I um, am someone who has like multi passions for sure and like all very different. So I don't know if you've listened before, but I have a background in dentistry and then now I sew. So it's like, how do these, how do you intertwine these? So I love hearing like how you took all of these things that you were naturally good at and kind of combined them and did your own thing with it really. And that's really awesome. And I love that you bring up that Like learning your target demographic and learning how to sell and market your items is actual research um, that sometimes we don't take the time to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Something I always like to say is that good copy or sales and marketing in general, it's never guesswork. If you're relying on guesswork, that's not something you want to base your revenue on as a as a business owner, right? It's not the most reliable strategy uh, for making sales in your business. And the only way to counteract that is to do the research. Um, and sometimes people get scared off by the word research. You know, they think, do I have to send out all these long surveys and, you know, conduct like focus groups. And it doesn't have to be like that at all. Like it really, when I say research, I'm just talking about getting to know your audience. Like. Like, you know, having one-on-one conversations, like, you know, following the conversation on social media, just really know your community and your audience of who you're serving.
0: So when you say copy, can you – I think you said a few of them, but can you let us know what copy is and what parts of, like, your website and and if it's anywhere else that people would – I hear people say copy and I just want you to Mm -hmm. define exactly what copy is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So copy is different from content and that so those are just, you know, any words related to your business essentially. Um like marketing or sales in written form. So the way I define it is content is the type of stuff you create for like social media, like an Instagram caption or sometimes like a blog post or um just any type of written content. The difference with copy is that the goal of copy is to convert someone into a customer. So it's more sales focused and usually content is focused on, you know, education or you know, sharing like a story or inspiration, motivational stuff like that. Whereas the goal of copy is always to make a sale.
0: Interesting. That's super
1: helpful. Yeah. That, yeah I've never I always wondered it laid out like that. Yeah.
0: Same here. <laughs> like I am a big social media person, so content. I'm like, yeah, content. Got it. But when I yeah. hear copy, I'm like, okay. And what all consist? What is copy? Is it just the sales page? Is it like your Ooh. about page, like, is it all of it? So yeah. that's really helpful yeah, so as cool is to make a To sale.
1: clarify further, I think sometimes people like they hear copy and like, I'm a sales copywriter specifically, but I use that term like pretty broadly because I feel that every piece of copy in your business should be working to move people through that buyer's journey and toward a sale, even if it's not, you know, let's say like an ad or a sales page, like those traditional sales pieces, even yes, the the website copy on your homepage and your about page is still considered copy because it should be working for you to like bring people along that journey. So that's considered copy as well. So, okay, so let's go to the
0: email list because I'm so excited about that. Why, can you tell us like why we should have an email list? What is the importance of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like you touched on earlier, I think the instinct, especially when you're just starting out in your business, like new entrepreneurs, like the first thing you do when you like set up shop, like maybe you've turned in your creative side hustle and you're like, I'm going to get serious about this. I'm going to make it a real business. The first thing you do is you go create your Facebook page or your Instagram account, right? And you're like, I'm going to get on social media. I'm going to get in front of people. And that's great. Like social media is absolutely like a necessary part of business. It's a great way to build your audience, connect with people. But the problem is there's a kind of, just a couple issues. The first, the number one reason I always recommend email is because you don't own your social media platforms. And that to me is just like whenever I, I talk about this, I get like secondhand stress for people. <laughs> don't have an email list because what happens, right? If Instagram, you know, we all remember that day last year when, you know, Instagram and Facebook just mm-hmm. completely shut down, right? Or you hear stories mm-hmm. all the time, people get like their Instagram account is hacked or like they you lose access to those people and you have no way to contact mm-hmm. your, your customer base. So that's mm-hmm. why it's important to collect email addresses. So you have a way to communicate with your customers um, and to continue to sell to them. But the other reason is like you touched on earlier, that is where The majority of sales naturally come from in business. So, you know, to give you some stats, an email subscriber, someone on your list is like in terms of return on investment and the money they're going to spend with your business, they're usually worth about 15 times as much as a social media follower. And the return on investment for email marketing is higher than any other channel, you know, whether it's paid ads or like organic social media followers, like that return on investment is. The stats are always changing, but it's usually about forty-two dollars for every dollar you spend. You get forty-two back for email marketing. So if you think about it, if you just had like you know a vending machine where you could put a dollar in and get forty-two dollars back, it seems like a no-brainer. Um, so that's why I always recommend, like especially newer entrepreneurs, they think email is something that comes later after social media. But I usually tell people mm-hmm. it's the opposite. Like you can do both, but definitely start your email list sooner than you maybe feel like you should.
0: Yeah, and I always, like, tell myself, well, okay, we'll get to this next, but I always tell myself, like, the email is going directly to the person, like, to my customer, whereas social media, like, you have to kind of, like, wait for it to show up in their feed, and, you know, sometimes it might not, or sometimes they might miss it, and the email is going directly to them. But then I have this, like, weird glitch in my brain where I make sure to take time to post every day in social media. but my email, like it feels so daunting. I don't know what. Do you have any like tips or hacks or anything <laughs> to like how do we make our emails a priority? Like are we overthinking what we need to email? Is there like a good and how do we do it where system? we don't have to send out a coupon every time?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are both such great questions. So I'll start with the first one. First of all, it's super, super common. People feel like intimidated by email. Um, And I get it. Like, you know, people aren't sure where to start. Social media feels really natural, probably because we're all using social media before you started your business. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So it's, it's a lot, it feels a lot easier to just like knock out a caption or post something on stories. But for email, it really doesn't have to be any different. So one, the way I like to think about like, sitting down to write an email, is I always give the tip to, to write to one person. So have one person in your mind. Mm. It could be like a best customer, like someone in your audience who is really familiar with your brand and you're comfortable speaking to them. But it could also be, if it makes you feel more comfortable, like your best friend or your sister. Just write in like a conversational tone, the same as you would on social media. Oh, I could um, do that. It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you guys can write to me to pretend like you're writing to me. Yeah, i yeah. right? sister's. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. You know what? My sister, it's on my email list and she, she reads them every single <laughs> one, and she responds to every single one and it always oh. makes me laugh because um she that. works with me in my business, but she is not an online business owner herself. And so normally the stuff that I'm sending out is like totally irrelevant to her, but she's always <laughs> She's always got some funny response to it. So That's like, our, like yeah. our sister
0: listens to our podcast and doesn't it. own a small business. And she always will text <laughs> us and be like, I listened today.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I totally interrupted you though. In what you were talking about? Oh no, yeah. <laughs> so that's my number one tip: is that like it really doesn't have to be. You don't have to sit down and think. You know, what are my like marketing KPIs? Like, it can be conversational. You can tell like a funny story or something that happened to you. Storytelling is really, really powerful in emails. Um, I'm sure we've always heard to you know incorporate that in our marketing in general. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be different than social media, and you can use the same content um, like across different platforms because as you mentioned earlier, most people on your social media feed aren't going to see every post thanks to the algorithm Mm -hmm. um, and engagement Mm -hmm. levels. Like you just never know. So you can use the same content again and just start sharing like cross-platform. That's really helpful. And Mm -hmm. I did, I will say, I did
0: get into a good rhythm when, because I was trying to like, you know, the phrase like work smarter, not harder. I was trying to be like, okay, I looked at my top performing posts for, you know, that time frame. Maybe it was a week or two. And then I tried to, like, recreate them into a newsletter and then add, like, little, like, here's a new product or something at the end. But do you – like, what do you feel like is a good formula for newsletters or what should we be sending our um, customer base and how often? And and to piggyback off of that, does it always have to be (laughs) – a sales we're, like, post. Like, you. <laughs> no, like, I like no, no, no. when I send For an email, the, the part of the reason, part of the reason I don't want to send an email five days a week is because I don't always want to be in their inbox asking them to buy something. Yeah. But it's because it's copy. Is it like, is that the purpose of it? Or is it just to like, get them to remember your, your business name or, at that point? And then maybe yeah. one, one email a week is to buy. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. All really good questions. I'm going to attempt to answer <laughs> several of them. So if I miss anything, just let me know. We can, we can circle back. But yeah, starting with the, the sales. Um, okay. Yes. Fantastic question. So you do not need to be selling in every email at all. Definitely not. Um, what I recommend instead is that you like every email you sit down to write should have a goal and it should be related to that that sales journey that we talked about earlier. But you're not necessarily asking people to buy something from you. So, for example, um, your goal might be to build trust with your audience, or to communicate authority, or something like that. So you could tell, um, you know, maybe like a personal story about behind the scenes in your business, so your audience feels like they're getting to know you and like building that know, like, and trust factor. That can be a valid goal as well, mm. and that ultimately is you know nurturing people towards a sale. But you're not directing. Saw like anything in the email. And so it's different for every business. There's no you know, right or wrong answer. For my clients, when I'm doing email marketing for them, I typically recommend, let's say if you're sending weekly newsletters, one every week, um, like four weeks, I recommend one of those a month is a sales email. And then the remaining three mm-hmm. are just solely like nurture education content um just like really value driven because your email subscribers are yeah they're really like warm leads and you really want to serve those people like give them a reason to stay on your list besides like here's another coupon here's another sale and then that (laughs) way when you do sell something to them they're already they're warmed up and they're more receptive to it because you provided all that free value
0: That's Okay, so I'm going to say something, and this, like, sums me up in life, too. But I (laughs) – Okay, I know I shouldn't do this, but I get, like, obsessed with the unsubscribes. Like, I go see who unsubscribed and, like, (laughs) why? And I, like, create a story of, like – And that's not even really a question, but can you speak to that at all of, like, maybe unsubscribes aren't a bad thing? Because I have had coaches tell me, like, that's just – that doesn't been mean blow. they don't like you. They're just yeah. saying, like, okay, I'm,
1: I don't know. Can you speak to anything yes. about, should we not look <laughs> at that? <laughs> No, hundred percent your coaches are on the right track. I do think, and for the most part, unsubscribes are a good thing because you don't want people on your email list who are unengaged, who don't fit your ideal customer mm. profile. Like if they're not part of your target demographic, like why would they be on there, right? You don't want those people on your list. And the other thing is if you have those people on yes, your list yeah. who are unengaged or they're they're uninterested in your business and what you're selling those people are going to drive the rest of your metrics down right so you're overall mm. if you have lots of people that are uninterested and really unengaged they're not opening things or clicking through then the you know the <laughs> the robots on the back end of gmail are looking at that and they're thinking the content that this person is sending isn't necessarily um you know impactful and it starts to impact okay, like, the deliverability of your point. emails yeah so you really want like people on your list who want to be there. Um, So unsubscribes, yes, they can be a good thing. It's better to have, by far better, to have a small, engaged, active community on your email list rather than, you know, 10,000 people that aren't opening or clicking through on your emails that makes so much sense Praise and God, i will God. say like
0: since doing since being a business over it now whenever i unsubscribe to an email i feel like i want to be like really? i'm only unsubscribing because i no longer have a child this age or something <laughs> <That's laughs> so, cuz i like yeah. i know i'm like oh please don't take this personally but no i get it i and i i think i like understand that on some level but it, it cuz so i use mailchimp and they'll me- send me a message of like, here are your unsubscribes for the for the day. and <laughs> yeah, he- I don't know why they was do like, that. It seems oh, a little no. Mean, but- <laughs> It does. You need but, you know, to turn it, that I notification think off. Celebrate those! Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm going, going to. Well. That was such a yep. good, uh, yeah, shift in perspective of like it's helping my list mm-hmm. to
1: have the people exactly. That want to it's be there. improving mm-hmm. your. We call it like email health or email hygiene, which is like a very unsexy term, but we do, <laughs> <laughs> do recommend like that every you know every quarter every couple of months you go through your list and you delete those people who are unengaged for all the reasons I just said because it's impacting the rest of your your stats and your email performance and. One more two one more thing I will say as well, Johnny, is that I always like to say that good copy both attracts and repels. So it has two goals, to attract the right people and repel the wrong ones. Because ultimately, those people who don't fit your target demographic, I know this sounds like, of course, you're like, I want all the sales from as many people as I can get them. That's the instinct. (laughs) You really, in the long run, don't want those people buying from you because they're not going to be good customers. They're not going to leave good reviews. Oh, that's true. Yes. not Exactly. You want people on your email. Oh, that's going to help me. Yes, that is going to – I'm going
0: to think of that, of like – Okay, these are the people that won't call me and complain. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's good if they leave now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't writing copy like definitely isn't my strongest suit, but that's not what panics me about my email list. Let me tell you what panics me. And I like, and by panic, I don't mean like I like don't sleep because of it, but I like <laughs> won't send an email. I how do we make a subject line? Yes! Oh my gosh, I was wondering where time. that was going. That is a good
1: question. Guess the subject. Line. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's unpack this. Let's get some some email <laughs> marketing therapy. Let's air all this stuff out. Okay, I need a line. subject line. <laughs> all right, so there is there's so many so many tips I have for you. Some quick ones off the top of my head is. First of all, understand that the goal of your subject line, the only goal of the subject line is to get them to open the email. So a lot of times we are just overthinking Mm -hmm. it. We're like, how do we communicate everything in this (laughs) entire email in a couple words, right? So just remember, the only goal is to get them to open it that's the only action you're aiming for. So you're really trying to create intrigue. So questions can be really great. Um, Or like if you can throw in a specific like stat or a a number, numbers perform really well. Emojis perform really well in subject lines. So don't be afraid to like have fun. (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of like writing the copy of your subject line, um, something I always try to do is you use the subject line to create what copywriters call an open loop. So it means it opens this loop like in the reader's mind when they read. So if it's a question, they might read it and think like, oh, like, you know, what does that mean? And then they have to open the email to answer the question and close that loop. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of, yeah, it comes back to like, how can you pique their curiosity? Um, There's so many, you can look up like formulas for them, but long story short, personally, I keep, a very long document of just like subject line bank ideas. Ooh, <laughs> so that's, that's great. You don't have that I mean, available on your website? I do you know we purchased <laughs> that. So No, <laughs> but, you know what? I I don't sell it, but I do recommend that everyone create their own because everyone has different tastes. Every everyone's audience has different tastes. So you might find like when you go in your email software that your audience you know, responds really well to emoji subject lines or really short, like two to three word subject lines. Like everyone will be a bit different. Um, okay. but one thing you can ask yourself when you're writing it is just be honest, be hundred percent real, read what you've written as a subject line and think if this landed in my inbox, my- when I is- was rushing out the door in the morning, would I open this? Would I really feel compelled to open this email when I've got so many other things going on? So just be brutally honest nice. and go through that test with yourself
0: okay yes that's a
1: great I like that too because I I feel like I
0: do struggle with the subject lines but I like the question part because Mm -hmm. you're right like you almost want those are the ones I click on when it's like I can't think of it you know what I don't are you feeling burnt out (laughs) you know what I don't click on is the ones that are like here's what I've been up to lately. Like, I'm like, exactly. and that's that sounds so mean because I do love social media. So I do like what people are up to, right? Like, or I wouldn't be on social media, but I guess in my email, here's what I think. When I'm in my email, the difference between social media and email to me is when I'm in my email, I'm there like for business, right? Like, and not just my business. I just mean like did my, my son's teachers email me? Did, you know, did something important happen that I need to be notified about? So, but I do love like businesses that I follow their emails, but a subject line that I'm not going to take time in that five minutes that I have to check my email. I'm not going to be like, what have I been up to lately? Cause I'll be like, well, I've been following you on social media. I know what you've been up to. Lately. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so I, mean, I will yeah. say my email is more like what's important. So if you can make, like Jenny was saying, like, If I can open an email that's going to say, here's a step to fix your burnout this week, like that would be worth it to me to, to open.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah put really yourself helpful. in the, the reader's shoes. Um, so instead of thinking like, you know, what do I have to share this week? Like, what do I want to say? Think about like, how is this going to benefit them? And why should they care, really? Um, because we're all busy, you know, and it sounds bad. But like no one, mm-hmm. exactly like you said, no one wants to read that email. Of, like, here's three things I've been up to. They want to read about why they should care and how it's going to benefit them, right? Like, yeah. why should they take time out of their busy day to like send open the email and read it all the way through? Got to make it worth their mm-hmm. while. is So
0: speaking of, is there like a good formula for how long an email should be? Because I know as a reader, I mean, not as a small business owner, but when I'm opening emails, like I appreciate when it's something I can read, like right then it's not like a huge thing I have to scroll through. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that like a certain length performs well?
1: Yeah, there's not necessarily like, you know, unfortunately, my professional answer here is that it depends, which I know is super frustrating. Um, <laughs> but it does depend on, like, one, like, your audience and what type of emails. Like, some people really love reading, like, those long, kind of, like, storytelling format emails that take you on a whole journey, like, mm-hmm. through an experience. Mm-hmm. And some people just want, like, short information. So, depends on your target demographic, like busy moms probably don't have the time to like sit through and read that type of really long, um, wordy email. And of course, like more and more these days, our attention spans are shorter and shorter. So I would say yeah. it, the, the answer is really, it should be as long as it needs to be to communicate whatever you're trying okay. to do with that email. So if you are just sending like a promotional email and your only goal is like letting people know like, Hey, we're having this sale. Like here's the yes. link, here's, here are the details, short and sweet. Um, but okay. if it needs to be longer, if you're, if you're telling a bit of a story or, you know, getting a little bit personal behind the scenes, like, don't be afraid to, you know, vary, vary the lengths and see what your audience responds best to. Okay. That's, and just hearing you say all this, I'm
0: realizing I know MailChimp provides all these like really great analytics, but I don't even know where to start like looking at them. Like, what do you recommend <laughs> we pay attention? What would be a good place to start and what we're watching in our analytics yeah. or our email lists?
1: Great question. Um, So the two basic stats that most people start with are like your open rates and your click-through rates. And like I mentioned earlier, I would kind of disregard the unsubscribes. A lot of people do get caught up in that. Just ignore them, honestly. (laughs) It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, Of course, you can also track your email list growth if you've got, you know, landing pages and different sources, see where that's coming from. But really, in terms of like the copy itself and the emails you're writing, open rates. So If your open rates are a bit low, so let's say lower than like 20 to 30%, then you would start experimenting with your subject line. Whereas if the click rates are low, then you might start experimenting with like, you know, where are you actually asking people to click? Like, where are you sending them? What's the link? What's the the body copy in the email? So those can both be like signs of, you know, you can start playing around with them and experimenting. If that's helpful.
0: Um...
1: Okay. So before we
0: have you go, do you have any insight? So we both have product-based businesses. So a lot of people think, and it could be, but the best way to capture emails is through a coupon code. Um, Are there, I know there's tons of other ways to capture emails, but can you give a few that that we could use as product-based businesses?
1: absolutely so yeah like you said the possibilities really are endless coupon mm-hmm. codes and discounts for product based and e-commerce are definitely number one um and there's a reason why right like it works <laughs> so if you're doing that and it's working i would say like don't mess with a good thing but if you're looking to get mm-hmm. a bit more creative there's lots of options um so something that's more popular in the service based world is usually you see like you know the pdf download or some type of um, you know, whether it's like a spreadsheet or like a journal, it depends what your product is. So I would say mm-hmm. um something that's gonna going to complement your product. If you could give some kind of like workbook or like a free journal, maybe um mm-hmm. if it's like a health-related Ooh. product, you could do like a habit tracker. So there's lots of different you know routes you could take that something else I find really effective for product-based businesses is a quiz so how fun is a quiz that tells you you know what your candle scent is or something oh that's remember. such a yeah, great idea <laughs> stuff, right? like I want to <laughs> know that I do, like, this do this stuff all the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which exactly. Disney Big character like a, are you yeah I know like a, I do too quizzes, right <laughs>
0: Yeah, everyone wants
1: to know that's a great way to get people on your list and engage and then you can recommend specific products based on mm-hmm. their uh responses and you can start to segment those people on your email list and send them more personalized messages um and say so like you know based on their the quiz results they're this type of person or they enjoy this type of thing and then you can you know get a little more personal with it
0: awesome oh, i love that
1: I, like I feel like too. you gave us so much information, especially when we were like attacking you with questions. I'm sorry.
0: It's because I just had coffee and I'm like hyped up <laughs> about emails now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I One last question. Um, in an email, do you suggest always including a picture?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And I actually want to like go back to something that, something that's occurred to me as we're talking is when you ask Jenny about the length of an email, like, you know, is there, you know, such thing as too long, too short, I would say the formatting of the email is more important than the length. By far. So instead of worrying about how long or short it is, how are you formatting it? So if you're sending a long email, that's okay, but you want to break that up with photos and with lots of white space, really short paragraphs. Like think like one to two sentences for paragraphs. Um, Something that's really easy to read because most people these days are reading email on their phone. Um... So if you're worried about, you know, how the picture is going to look, then have a look at it on your phone. You can send a test email to yourself and your mm-hmm. and most email marketing softwares have this option um, or just to preview it within the software itself and have a look, make sure the images look good. Um, but to answer your question, Christina, you don't necessarily have to have an image. I personally... Um I would say like the emails I send to my list like probably 75 to 80% of them have an image or like a fun gif or something. Um mm-hmm. but if you're product based business um yeah I again it's not 100% necessary but it's definitely not going to hurt. Uh, it's a great way to break okay. up like so they're not just looking at a wall of text for sure.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then if someone wanted to work with you what does that look like? Like
1: yeah Um, so there's a couple different options. So if you're looking for help with like a longer term project, then I do things like websites and sales pages. But, um, one way I really love to work with my clients is through email marketing retainers, because I really love working with brands and businesses long term and just being your partner in that email marketing strategy so that you can focus on the parts of your business you actually enjoy, like serving your customers or being on social media and hand off the email (laughs) to someone else and just, you know, let them grow that audience and nurture those leads for you so that you can hopefully turn more of those into customers. Oh, I like that. I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: So we would just like give you our what, like you would write the emails or you we would yeah. or are there levels? Like you could just come into my Mailchimp with me and like be like you should you should do an email like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's certain options depending on where people are at. So, like the lowest level option, if you're just getting started, is like offer like a one on one hour long strategy call. And we can answer all of those questions. We can set up a strategy so you know exactly what you're going to say, like how to write a subject line, how it's going to work, and then, you know, the emails you're going to send for the next month. But for retainer options, yes, I do write the emails. So the number of emails you send is customizable based on your business goals and your budget. But, you know, the most common is weekly newsletters. So, I would write four emails a month. And then every month I also go into the email marketing software itself to look at the back end, like stats and optimize things to make sure those are actually performing and converting into sales for you. And then I send you all of the, I essentially translate the data into (laughs) what is actually important to you as a business owner so (gasps) that you can see how things are performing and give you an update on how things are going on that side of things. So it's like you hold our hands through the uh, email marketing. It's actually, yeah, I really, um, you know, I'm a copywriter first and foremost, but I always like to say like it's, it's more of a strategic partnership. Like I'm not just going to be like, here's a Google Doc with your copy. Like see, never. <laughs> yeah. um, I will be see like you with you step by step through the process, for sure. I love that.
0: That's awesome. awesome. Thank yes. you so much for being with us today, Megan, and for answering all our questions. Yes. And before you go, we ask our, <laughs> our people that come on, what has been, we're early 2023, so include 2022 in this, but what is one thing you've purchased for your business that you now couldn't live without?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. Um, my my gut reaction was to say my email marketing software, um, but if, <laughs> I would say, yeah. What well, one do you uh, use? Do you mind saying? Yeah, um, I personally use ConvertKit, but I have clients who use all kinds okay. of different different softwares. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I I do love ConvertKit. I recommend it, but it's more important that you you get started with something you're comfortable with. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, in terms of. I would say I and it's another software actually. I use Dubsado, um, and it basically keeps me like sane on the back end of my business. So it's it's a project management and um, like organizational tool, and it does my scheduling, my invoicing, all of that stuff that otherwise I would forget to do. Um, and so very helpful for automating the back end of things because I'm naturally a little forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on and for chatting with us and giving us just like a wealth of information. Um and we hope everybody goes to check Megan out and see what she's all about. So, thank you so much for
1: coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. That was so great. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we say that after that was, every <laughs> Well, I was waiting for your
0: so I was waiting for your reaction to this one. Oh my gosh, well, that's what like I do like I do get the value of email marketing and I do try to do it but there is some kind of like weird thing where I, that is the thing I always push off and yeah you're right maybe it, it it is like coming up with a clever subject line laying out the whole email it just feels mm-hmm. like but mm-hmm. but I like that of like doing one a week and using it to like nurture your audience mm-hmm feels a lot less stressful than like reporting to them of all the new stuff going on. Yeah, for sure. And just knowing that it doesn't have to be a – like sale happening. Cause I like, okay, I'm going to throw out old Navy. Cause I I'm on the old Navy list and I get their emails yeah, all the time. You like It's always holes, like 50,000. Yes. 50, yes and it's always sales. And so, you know, look, they're a product based business. So I'm always like, does it always have to be a coupon? But like, old Navy's not going to spend time sending their customers, like how to care know. for your sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Which, and maybe they are, maybe I, maybe I'm not up to date on my My emails, but um, yeah, I think that that was super helpful to know, like to nurture, and and I love when she was talking about making it about them and not you. So it's not a
1: what I've been up to
0: lately. It's more what can I offer you as far as like, um, you know, I I can't think off the top of my head, but something. I mean, honestly, it's very similar framework to what you teach in social media. Like, you should be educating sharing Mm -hmm. something with that like it's kind of the same thing just in a Mm -hmm. different platform where you're Mm -hmm. going to their inbox and obviously that might look a little different but if we can just start to like think like that like how we Mm -hmm. prioritize posting like where these people have actually said like yeah I want to be your customer they gave Mm -hmm. you their email address so like we should be like sharing our stories and teaching that, educating and stuff just like we are on social media. Yeah. I like the idea of like repurposing posts. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I I know somebody came in our inbox this week about the new verification on Instagram where uh, I don't even know if Mark Zuckerberg still owns Facebook and (laughs) Instagram, but whoever owns it is going to start the verification (laughs) like Twitter Where you pay 15 bucks a month for them to give you a blue check mark. I have lots of feelings about it. (laughs) But um, I just, I feel for celebrities really because I'm like, now anybody can fake that they're them and say whatever they want. And it looks like they're verified. So, like, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think that that's something you should earn, not pay for, but whatever. (laughs) Alas, that's not how it's going. And uh, so you don't have to buy this blue check mark, right? Like it's no one's forcing you to, but there will be like increased value to that of like pushing your stuff on the algorithm. So honestly, it kind of seems like an ad to me, right? Like if you're going to pay for Mm -hmm. marketing, it's kind of marketing in and of itself. It sucks, but it is marketing. Um, But so things like that, where to me that tells me. Instagram is now going to shift from a platform of sharing like it has been the past 10 years to just a platform of sales. And when mm-hmm. you do that, I think people don't get on as much. So, yeah, there is so. like that element of it. Um, because I feel like Instagram is already starting to get a little bit of that that way. Um, where I don't see nearly as many of like my personal friend posts versus business posts. Um, and so, In saying that, like email is a great thing to—we've said this since the beginning of this episode. Like that's direct relationship with people that have already chosen to follow and invest in you, and so still, still do social. I mean, social is free and a platform that people are on. Like there's definite data that people are on Facebook and Instagram, but um, I, I definitely don't to use her term nurture my email list nearly mm-hmm. as much as I should. I know that for sure. So I yeah. really liked what she said and I'm going to take it and really apply it to the month of March. And mm-hmm. just like she said, she's a, researches. like, I'm just going to watch, watch it and see like, does it help? Yeah. Does and it-, it will, depending what like email platform you use, it is very fascinating to go mm-hmm. in and look at, I mean, this is creepy so i'm sorry if customers are listening and they like (laughs) are turned off by this but like i can go and see like what links in my email you clicked on like Mm -hmm. how many times you re so all that is like helpful if i see a pattern like oh my gosh this link got a lot of likes or Mm -hmm. this one got nothing Mm -hmm. like it helps you as a small business owner adjust Mm -hmm. like what you're sharing and yep. what your emails look like. So I that's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do is I'm going to try to dive into those analytics and like actually use mm-hmm. what they're saying. So just, Yeah, and if you are li- if you are listening and you have an Etsy shop, you're technically not allowed to capture emails from Etsy. You would have to come up with a different way to capture emails. So that might be something you use social media for of capturing emails whether it be in your story where you um like say want to be added to my email list to receive a special coupon code or whatever. And people have to fill in the box and you manually add them, um, to a service like MailChimp. I use, I'm on Shopify and Shopify actually has its own email platform. So I use that, but, um, I, I know that that was a learning curve for me on Etsy is you can't, you can see people's emails when they order, but you can't capture them. And so make sure that you're doing it in a, in a legal way. Um, (laughs) but I just wanted to throw that out there because I know that was frustrating for me for a bit or you could even um, send a card with orders that says like make sure you're on my email list for blank and right. and they can they can go into it so anyways we hope All you right. guys uh, got something from this and go and kind of revamp your email if you're already like on a great trend that's awesome but if it's something you need help with hopefully you got something from the episode if you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore Small Business Sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit Small